Welcome to the Mujeron Podcast, a place for the modern Latina who is ready to get out of her own way and build the life she wants. I'm Sonia Alejandra, your host and the founder of Mujeron Movement, y juntas we'll explore the topics of self-development, entrepreneurship, community, and everything in between that empowers us on our journey to becoming the Mujeron of our dreams. Vamos a lograrlo juntas. Hola, Mujerones. Welcome back to the Mujeron Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how to start your entrepreneurial journey. So if you are looking to become an entrepreneur, a business owner, we are going to be sharing with you the four key steps you need to take to start that journey. And today is a very special guest. We have, we have Ashley K. Stoyanov Ojeda. Did I say that right? <laughs> Yes, that was perfect. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I'm going to introduce you the way that you deserve, Ashley. She is a community builder, business development strategist, coach, and socialpreneur. She's originally from Queens, New York, and born to a Mexican mom and French-American father. Ashley's career started in the music industry in 2012, working at major record labels, publishers, and venues, after relocating to Portland, Oregon post-college. She created her own network for local women songwriters, now a national organization that has been featured in the recording academy called Women X Crush Music. Since the rapid growth of her organization, she has dedicated her career to creating opportunities and developing business and communities of the new majority through her coaching and consulting, and has become known as the business Ada Madrina. So that's the business fairy godmother for all of you that did not understand that. Ashley joined the Mujerista team in 2020 to help create and now grow the Mujerista Network, a digital network dedicated to empowering and celebrating the next generation of Latinas making an impact in La Cultura, and has since taken on the role of Director of Business Development. Ashley currently resides in Portland, Oregon. Ashley, wow. Thank you so much for being here. I am truly honored to have you here. Can't wait to share your story and what you're up to, because what you're doing is truly inspiring. And I like to always say, we just need more Latinas in these spaces. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm a, a longtime follower of the Mujeron oh, movement, so I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> so I want you to start with telling us a little bit about your story. I know we kind of went over like some of your accomplishments, but I know that there's so much more to what comes before and behind the scenes to getting all of these accomplishments done. So I will let you kind of guide us through that timeline tell us a little bit more about it. Yes, definitely. Um, so I grew up in New York City in Queens uh, with my parents and my brother and my grandmother on my dad's side. We lived on in her house. And I also grew up going to Mexico every year to see our family for months at a time. So between growing up in New York, um, being from a mixed family and also spending so much time in Mexico, I, I think all of that really, really 
impacted me in such a huge way and in a way where I always felt like I leaned on community very much. Um, but that's something that I'm only realizing now as a 30 year old woman. Um, but you know, I, I grew up always a creative. I actually started out in the music industry. I was in a series of failed bands um, and performed on many stages in New York. Also released some songs as a solo singer songwriter um, and you know, through this whole journey of my music career as a performer and as a songwriter, I realized that I actually enjoyed helping other people start their music careers rather than trying to pursue my own. Um, I always liked writing music for other people. I always liked curating shows to give the people who didn't have much experience playing shows a stage to play on. And that was always kind of what I was really passionate about. And that ultimately ended up after college when I moved to Portland, Oregon in 2015, I started what is now the nonprofit that I founded, Woman Crush Music. And that was really an initiative that I started completely by accident that grew very quickly. Um, I saw this need for a community of like-minded women songwriters, which was important to me because it's such a male-dominated field. Um, and I just wanted a place for us to share resources and be able to meet each other and collaborate with each other. Um, and that started off as a monthly showcase at a very small venue here in town. And within a year, we were doing these ongoing monthly events in 16 international cities. And I was not only a team of one anymore, but I had a team of over 50 volunteers during that first year that were helping putting these shows together. And the community grew so quickly. And because of its growth, um, more and more entrepreneurs, creatives started asking me for help. Like, hey, can you help me launch this? Like, what are your tips for this? X, Y, Z, how did you do this? And so I started to help them. And that's when I kind of realized like, oh, wait, I might actually have a knack for this business thing. You know, maybe I'm not just good at music because up until then I was just like, yes, like I have to be in music. Like it's my only skill. <laughs> and I wasn't realizing that, you know, everything I had done up until that point, because the moment you become a creative, an artist, especially in the music industry right now is like, you are literally starting a business because you have to learn how to pitch yourself and how to brand yourself and and how to network and all these different skills that were super useful to me when I started uh, my organization. And now, you know, skills that I talk about to other entrepreneurs, like, hey, you have to do X, Y, Z. Um, and I realized that business, business was probably going to be my thing because I enjoyed helping other people launch their projects. And then that kind of turned into me working with a few different tech startups. So I kind of got my footing in there. I worked in corporate a little bit too in community marketing and business development. And yeah, and then I just started doing a lot more coaching and consulting and just really felt like I was really good at what I was doing, but I also more than that felt like I was able to make more of an impact on the community that I wanted to help. 
Um, fast forward to 2020, um, I met Maribet, the founder of the Mujerista, and we were, it was right before COVID had started. And she actually had a small co-working space in Miami. And it was when I had moved to Miami and I was new there and we met up and she was just like, can you help me grow this co-working space? And I was just like, yes, like, you know, I, I managed a few spaces in New York, so let's do it. And then COVID hit the following month and she called me and she was like, what do you think we should do? Like, I'm kind of thinking we should close. And I was just like, yeah, I think that's probably not, not a bad decision. And so we put our heads together and she was just like, Hey, like, what if we turn this into an online community? Like, would you be interested in co-creating that with me? Um, as like a sister to what I'm doing with the Mujerista, which was her big platform, her media publication that's that's been around for a few years now. And I was just like, let's do it. And uh, we did. And it was kind of through that experience of creating this community. Of course, it's such like a strange and horrible time um, that I was speaking to all these Latina entrepreneurs and I needed them as much as they needed me at that point as a community leader. And I needed them for support during this weird time that we were in, still in. <laughs> but um, I realized that most of them did not have resources or mentors in the business world. And that was the moment that I decided that I needed to do something about it. That was not just create, not just make the Mujerista network the best that it could be, but that was kind of when I started thinking that I needed to write the book that I wrote, um, Que Fun Training, and become this business, Ada Madrina, to not, not only be able to coach and consult, but also just provide as many resources as possible, because I never want to say, I can't help you. <laughs> I would rather say, hey, if I can't help you, you should look at this, this, and this person, or this, this, and this resource. And yeah, and, and here we are. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I think that's the power behind community, right? That even if you don't have all the answers, you know who can help others with whatever they need help with. And I, I am a follower of the Mujerista. I love the brand. I think you guys have done an amazing job and crazy to think that all of this was going behind the scenes and we had no idea about it. So props to you guys. Tell us a little bit more about Hefa in training. Sure. Um, Hefa in training is the first Spanglish toolkit and workbook written for Latinas. And it is essentially a, a guide, a step-by-step -step guide to growing and starting and growing your business. So it literally takes you through homing in on your idea to trying uh, market research and building your brand, all of the not so fun finance and legal stuff that you got to do as an entrepreneur. Um, and then of course, you know, marketing, um, PR, partnerships, community building, sales strategies, 
and thought leadership. And of course, we also touch on imposter syndrome and burnout. Um, there's a whole uh, pre-launch checklist that is really, really great. And some lessons learned as well that kind of can take you through the first six months to a year after launch. And what's really different about this book um, than other business books that I've seen out there is, well, one, um, it's written from a Latina lens Two, um, not only that, but within each chapter, um, there's also some little tips from other Latina founders, um, like Mari from the Mujerista, Ana from We All Grow also contributed as well. There's a lesson learned from Julissa Prado of Rizos Curls. So we've got a few uh, really, really great little features in there to kind of walk you through because I, I thought the different perspectives were really important to have. Um, and it's also a work book so really like every chapter has a little worksheet at the end of each chapter so you can really put into practice what you're learning in the chapters and the last by the time you have you hit the last chapter you actually already built your business plan so you are filling in your business plan by the last chapter and um you know it's also a toolkit so i really think that it, it can help people when you're when you're just starting out However, if you already have a business and you're just looking for ways to grow or pivot, like it's a toolkit. So you don't really have to read the whole thing. Um, you can just kind of take what you need from there, do the exercises, because there are some business development strategic frameworks that I that I use with my clients in, in the book. So you can just kind of take what you need, or even if you use the book to launch, then you have to go back to it a year later. Um, that's really what, what I want how I want people to use the book. <laughs> wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I am definitely going to be checking that out. I think <laughs> that one of the, the best things we can do as entrepreneurs is know that there's something to learn from everybody, right? There's something to learn every single day. And I love the fact that you included people that were in different industries, yeah. because I feel like that's the biggest thing. A lot of times with like business coaches in the online space, you almost feel like they are just there to help online entrepreneurs. And, and I love this idea of like uh, Julissa, who obviously mm -hmm. has her brand is now in Target. She's doing amazing in representing us all Latinas in that space. So I want you now, let's get into like the actual tips. And I'm super excited to hear this from you after learning of all the amazing things you've accomplished, what would you say is like the number one key? And we're going to go with four. So the, the, the first one that you're going to share with us, what is that key that we need in order to start and launch our business? Yes. The first one is going to be find your why, find mm. your why. And I'm going to emphasize, uh, find your personal why first, because then it will be easier to define your business mission and vision, right? So for example, for me, mine has always been to create opportunities for the new majority, aka more people like me, right? Creatives, women, Latinas. Um, that's been my personal why forever. And if you look at my whole career path from the time that I was starting Women Crush Music to working on the Mujerista Network to 
coaching and consulting to now with this book, everything has revolved around this why. So the more that you can define what you stand for as a person, the easier it will be to define your first business, your second business, however many businesses you end up having. (laughs) So that is number one. I love that. I just want to add, like, I I don't think I've ever heard specifically your personal why, because I feel like a lot of times we focus, okay. Oh, and overall, what is the why of the business of the, the project? Right. And I love that because I think that personally, when you find your why, it helps you not give up, right? Because mm-hmm. shit gets hard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I both know that. So it's so important to really identify that. Okay, number two. Number two is uh, please validate your business idea by doing extensive market research. Mm. And that is a really, really, really key thing to do like before you start, but the market research does not end when you launch your business. You Mm. constantly have to be doing the work, seeing what's trending in your industry, you know, not just on social media, but you know, um, really seeing what's out there, doing competitive analysis, like frequently, Um, you know, you see someone else that that's popped up, that's doing similar things to do what they're doing is what you're doing. Um, you know, break out your competitive analysis worksheet from the HIPAA and training book and see, (laughs) okay, what do they do good? Like, what do do they, what do they do? Well, what do I not like about what they do? And what am I going to do using my strengths to do that differently? Um, and really taking a look at that, um, there's a few different other market research strategies in the book, identifying your buyer personas is another part of that market research, um, your target audience, just kind of going through the flow of like what they would see when they find you for the first time, um, and kind of just taking all of that into consideration so that you can from there build like a good sales strategy. Um, that's definitely number number two. <laughs> yeah, that's something I truly struggled with, like really identifying who I was speaking to. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we overthink that that part, right? In my in my experience, I ended up realizing that I was speaking to myself like two or three years ago. So any women that is in like that level, um, first generation, you mm-hmm. know. So it, it gets very interesting when you start doing that work because I've it's almost like you have to know that person so well so that everything that you do really translates and relates to them. So I love that. And that's in the book as well, right? Yes, that is in the book as well. I love that. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Number three, super important goes off of the market research. Once you figure out who that person is, right. That you're targeting, you have to figure out how you're going to talk to them. So developing your unique selling proposition, like AKA your pitch, how you're going to pitch customers, how you're going to pitch partners, that is going to be super key because you can have an amazing product. You can be the best um, accountant in the world, right? 
but if you your pitch is not strong and people don't see why they should work with you over everyone else mm. that might not get you very far um and so it's really important to know what value you bring to the table how to use your strengths to really set yourself apart in your industry and make that as known as possible. I'm taking notes here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to relaunch. So I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> chapter, chapter six. Okay. I got you, Sonia. Don't worry. <laughs> this is amazing. I love it. And I, I love that you say it doesn't matter if you're already into this. I've been in, in this, like, you know, working on this project for three years. And these are still things that come up, right? That help us. It's never it's never a bad time to also refresh because a lot of times I think when you start to where you are now, it can change and, and it's good to revisit those, those things. Um, so that's actually something that I, that I talk about in the book as well. You know, you we always have to be learning from our business and analyzing and see what's working and what's not working. And I know we still have a fourth thing that I need to get to, but I'll leave you with this so that you don't feel like you're alone in this. Um, the whole, one of the reasons that I wrote this book is because I grew my first organization very quickly within two years. Like it was just insane, which sounds good, but it actually was horrible because I had no idea what I was doing and we grew too fast for mm -hmm. what it actually was. And at that point in time, I did not have a solid business foundation. And all of these things that we're talking about are to me, part of building your business foundation. And that's why I wanted to include all of these things in the book, because if you don't have that, you're more likely to look at this, like, and be like, okay, I need to change this. I need to change this. I need to change this. Cause that's what happened to me. Right. Um, but someone also told me one time um, that as a founder, you're going to have like uh, existential crisis like every year and a half <laughs> and like want to change everything about your business like that frequently. <laughs> so know that that is completely normal. <laughs> yes, that is definitely something I can relate. I feel like that was last year for me. And I actually, I think that was like a year and a half around that mark. Yeah. Um, and and I think that it comes with time as well, right? The more you are in it, the more you're working at, the more you're meeting who is really being attracted to what you're putting out there, then you start to understand, mm, maybe I should do this. Just like how you started, you know, doing one thing and then you started seeing the need mm -hmm. of you helping and mentoring people with their businesses. So I feel like I, I, that's so important to point out because if you're currently in that space, it's it's important to know that it's okay mm -hmm. yeah, all right for sure the last one the last one is after you've figured out all of that it's time to make a plan to launch or relaunch right in your case so your lead magnets need to be prepped your marketing content needs to be planned out if you have a publicist great 
most people starting out probably won't have one. So learning a little bit about some basic PR skills and using partnerships, um, leveraging partnership is a really great tool that I don't think a lot of businesses like business books talk about. So definitely leveraging those in the beginning as well, like really embracing that community aspect. Um, building out your thought leadership, like as a founder, you know, developing yourself as an expert in your industry, and then also finding ways to not only um, bring in new customers, but keep the ones that you have. So in the book and in the sales section, um, I obviously like growth is great, but I think a lot of times people forget about retention mm. and ways to retain your current community members, customers, clients, whatever you want to call them. And so in the book, we definitely talk about ways to do that as well. And then, yeah. And then just taking these like periodic, I like to do quarterly analysis is just overall of how businesses are doing. Um, and take a look every quarter and just kind of do an assessment. Um, in the beginning of the book, we talk about business goal setting. Um, and I talk about how I like to use the SWOT analysis method to then define SMART goals. Um, it's something that's always worked for me and something that I make my clients do every quarter <laughs> because it's, it's the way that I can measure growth or if something needs to change or if we need to pivot or launch something new, um, you know, really kind of defining that strategy. Yeah, that's so important. I want you to kind of give us some words of encouragement for someone that might feel like a little bit overwhelmed, because I know that a lot of this can be very overwhelming, especially when you're starting out. What are some words of encouragement that you could give? Maybe that you even found the way that you you felt back when when that was so overwhelming. I would say don't try to do everything at once and don't feel like you have to do it alone. I think one of the major mistakes that I made when I was first starting out, um, especially with my nonprofit, is that I just felt like I had to one, work all the time. And if I wasn't working all the time, that I wasn't working hard enough bad move. That is a very fast track to burnout, which I unfortunately still haven't learned my lesson. <laughs> and that, that's something I'm working on right now. <laughs> um, and two, I, I was very, very bad at delegating and, and just asking for help in general. If I didn't know something like I would force myself to spend hours on Google, which is, you know, being independent of good life skill and business skill, but sometimes it's good to just seek out mentors who have done this before, um, or who can at least point you towards reliable resources, um, so that you're not staying up till 4am on Google every night. And I, I would say, just don't be afraid to, to reach out to the people that you admire, um, I think, especially in these, these crazy times that we're in right now, I, I think that everyone, everyone is, is more uh, in tune with their community and, or is trying to be anyway, and is more open to even having a, a 15 minute virtual cafecito, you know, and I, I would say just, just start there. Like, don't feel like you have to do everything at once. Don't feel like you have to do it alone. What advice would you have for those that have 
more than one hustle because obviously that's kind of been your journey and again that can be very overwhelming but i think that there's a lot of us out there that are multi-passionate entrepreneurs and i feel like that's something i really struggled with i always am seeking to add like something new or you know i just have so many passions that i kind of want to do a few of them at once what advice would you have um I think really defining your why and what's most important to you based on, you know, like all of the things that we just talked about, right? Like if you're, that's part of the the first chapter is an exercise to really find out what you want to work on right now, because maybe based on the current climate of the world, you'll see that actually, your community needs a bookstore now more than ever, right? So maybe you want, now is the time to start your bookstore and your bakery can wait, you know? Just like using these random examples to, to kind of give some perspective. But I, I think that there are different ways that you can prioritize your projects, but also start setting yourself up, you know, following these different steps to launch these products, proje- like projects when you're ready. Mm, yes, I love that. I think uh, one of the things I've struggled is like having a launch and then having something else with another project and having them overlap. So definitely like making sure you're making time for whatever that priority is, or like you said, kind of doing one first and then the other. Yeah, my, my advice to the multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate creative community leaders in the world is when you're in doubt about what to do, ask your community, what do you need? Mm. Because if you're anything like me, um, you have 8 million ideas running through your head basically at all times. It's a blessing and a curse, right? (laughs) But I'm not saying all my ideas are genius because I don't think that they are, but the good ones, I sort them out by asking my community, is this a good idea? Is this something that you would be interested in? Because at at the end of the day, if your community, like you could think it's the best idea in the world, but if the people that you're serving aren't on board and they're like, yeah, that's just all right. Or yeah, but I probably wouldn't pay for that then who are you going to sell to? Yeah, that's such a good perspective. And I think it can be hard sometimes, right, to open up and maybe to the possibility that people won't like your idea, but it, it'll save yourself a big headache. Yes, exactly. It will definitely save you a big <laughs> headache. And, and you know, a, a no to your idea also isn't like, a oh, no, that's horrible, but it could be like a, Oh, like maybe not exactly that way. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe you just have to tweak it a little bit. So I I think really like just your community should be your best friends and you should develop like a VIP kind of circle, um, which we also talked about in the book. Um, to kind of like test these questions on, test your new products, services, programs, whatever on, 
because at the end of the day, those people are, are going to respect your hustle for sure. Um, they know that you know what you're talking about or what you're creating and they trust you and they are the ones that are going to be telling their friends who tell their friends who tell their friends who tell their friends. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Ashley, for all these amazing nuggets that we can definitely take and start implementing right now. Um, where can we find you on social media? Sure. Um, on all the all the things, I am Ashley K. Stoyanov Ojeda. <laughs> Perfect. And obviously, follow the Mujerista. Any other platforms that we should be looking out for? Um, yes, definitely follow the Mujerista, follow Woman Crush Music. We're on a little bit of a break right now, but we will be back soon. And definitely, um, definitely uh, head to my website. Um, I've got a newsletter that's going to start back up pretty soon. Uh, more information about all of the things that I do. And of course, a way to order the book. Yes, thank you so much, Ashley. Amigas, please let's support a fellow Latina. And I will definitely be linking all the information for her book, where to find her on social media. Ashley, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you, amigas, for tuning in. Talk to you guys soon. Mujeron, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mujeron podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, share, leave a review so you can help us get to so many more Mujerones. Don't forget, you can also watch our show on our YouTube channel where you can let us know in the comments if you like this episode or what other topics you would like us to talk about in the future. Keep shining, keep working towards becoming the Mujeron of your dreams.